Welcome to a fresh new podcast, Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free. Presented by your co-hosts, Zam and Ruhi. Two women who are down for having candid conversations about the challenges collectively faced by brown females. Their mission is to build a community of people who want to live an authentic and ambitious life in the face of cultural norms that can often hold brown women back. Originating from India and Nepal, they believe it's possible to embrace their cultural heritage without being bound up by it. Join them every week as they discuss everything from PR to periods and parents to papards. Nothing is off limits. If you're a young brown woman who doesn't yet feel free to fully be yourself, Sam and Ruhi have got your back. For most of my life, I found it really hard to have an in-depth conversation about a serious topic with my parents without either walking away myself or it turning to shit. And that's what makes me young, brown and not entirely free. Hi guys and welcome to our podcast. I'm Zam and this is my co-host Ruhi. Hi. Today we'll be talking about how to have difficult discussions with your family in a healthy way. Or at least how Zam does it. I mean, I'm no expert. But you do it really well. I've learnt to do it better. Pray tell. (laughs) What? I've never heard that. Really? Pray tell. Well, here we go. What's the most recent example in your life of a difficult subject that you wanted to talk with your parents and brother about? The most recent example would probably have to be with getting to know one another on an individual level. So what was the problem? The problem was I just felt like no one really understood who I was or who I am. Yeah. Did it go two ways in that you also didn't know your family as well as you would have liked to? Yes. I feel like I probably haven't tried hard enough to get to know who they are on an individual level. I think it's different having relationships with your dad and your mum and your brother and it's a whole different sort of kettle of fish not understanding the the person that they are. Understanding the relationship you have with them but not the person that they are. Yeah, and for our listeners, if you want a bit of backstory on this, episode two of our podcast is a good one to listen to if you haven't already where Zam talks about recent realizations she's had about herself as a person that she had not yet discovered about herself, let alone having her family understand about her. Thanks. Thanks for that reminder. So you're welcome. (laughs) So going back to what you were saying earlier, you felt really misunderstood by them and didn't feel like you all knew each other as deeply as you could. So when you realised how distant you all were from each other, how did you go about trying to address that? The first step was making the effort to want to get to know them and wanting them to get to know me. So I actually proposed that we have a family dinner together. So that could be the foundation on which we got to know one another on a deeper level. It was important for me to plan this discussion with them. And so there was this preparation phase and then there was the actual meeting or the actual discussion phase. Lastly, it was the follow-up phase, sort of reflecting on the entire discussion and the meeting and then following up with proactive action plans. So how did you prepare for it? 
Before I asked my family to go out to dinner with me, I wrote down a list of points that I wanted to bring up in the discussion and I asked them as well what they would like to talk about at the family dinner. And then I picked a place that we could all go and enjoy. So something to look forward to as a family as well. Yeah, that's lovely. And not make it too serious. Yeah. So once you were all there, how did you begin the discussion? Well, first, I think it was just really important to set the ambiance or the environment to make it feel like a comfortable and safe space. Because if you don't do that, then I don't feel like people will open up. So I actually cracked a bottle of wine, one of my favourites, and made sure that everyone was feeling happy and comfortable. And I started off the discussion by saying, like, thank you so much for coming. And it's really nice to be able to spend time together outside of our busy schedules. And I really just want to be able to use this time and this dinner to get to know one another better. Mm. So that meant going around the table and asking my parents and my brother a set of questions, sort of reflecting on some of our experiences together to get to know the things that make us happy. Yeah. I started off the ball rolling by letting them know recently the things that I've struggled with and how I felt misunderstood and also what they could do to make me feel more understood based on what they already know about me. What were some of those things? They know that I really enjoy French cuisine. Yeah. So I told my mum that if she was concerned about me being upset or discouraged or whatever, she could always try to take me out for a nice French dinner. Yeah. And for my dad, it was letting him know that I'm a minimalist and that I really like the simple things in life. And if he wanted to appeal to me in terms of the lifestyle that I value living, that he should focus on those points. For example? For example... Some of the things that he could do to respect my minimalist lifestyle is to respect my choices when I say that I don't want to buy a car right now. So it was just about me letting him know that even the smallest things would make me happy and that I didn't need extravagant gifts. Yeah. And in the same way that you did a lot of self-discovery realizing who you are and what you're passionate about and you know ultimately realize that you were putting on a performance for your family all these years in not being who you really are do you feel like the other members of your family had any idea of the performances they were putting on outside of your mum being a mum and your dad being a dad and your brother being a brother the actual people who they are Do you think that they had an understanding of who they are as people and the same realisation that perhaps their family doesn't know them as well as they could? Or were they just content to continue the way they'd always gone and just try to be more aware of you and your needs? As opposed to also making their needs known as well. I think a bit of both. I think there's a lot of onus and responsibility and duty. Those words are thrown around constantly in brown families. Yeah. Feeling like you have to be the father figure or the mother figure and like uphold your duties and roles. And sometimes that means sacrificing the person that you are and the things that you want. Yes. So uh, there is a bit of that. And at the same time, I feel like they're still really happy to acknowledge that I don't want those things. Yeah. I'm really grateful that they've sat down and listened to how I feel about all of it and 
they're forthcoming to me trying to discover myself, Mm -hmm. having discovered myself and being like, this is who I am and I need you to know that and respect that. So does that answer your question? Yeah, but were they forthcoming as well with their own needs or were they just not aware of who they were anymore outside of the roles of father and mother? That's a difficult question because I've never asked them. But from what I've observed, I felt like maybe my dad has sacrificed a lot in his life for our family. And Mm. so that sometimes meant putting his desires on the back burner. But in the most recent years, I'm really proud of him because he's been able to open up about the things that make him happy. And he's been chasing those things and he's so happy. That's great. Um, So, yeah, he's opened up to that too. And it was about both of us really opening up about it and encouraging each other in that. Yeah. So I definitely do see change. Yeah. And I want to model that for my brother, like having these family meetings and letting him know that it's okay to open up about this kind of stuff and yeah. letting the rest of your family know exactly what's on your mind and the things that you value and the things that you don't appreciate. And I want him to be able to do the same things one day. Yeah. After the discussion, you said the third step that you took was to then follow up. What did that look like in this scenario? It was just about acknowledging that we had that discussion and following up the day after or a few days later on once you've had time to reflect on the things that you've discussed Mm. and touch base about it. Well, what I did was just say, hey, thanks for that dinner. That was really nice. It was really nice to spend time with all of you and get to know one another in that discussion. Or what my dad likes to do is send me emails and summarise the they're events. so sweet, his emails. Yeah, they're the best. Um, I've he, read some of them. <laughs> he he summarises basically what's happened and the way he feels about what's happened. And it's really nice to know how someone else has taken it. Yeah, and the fact that he's so engaged and he's gone away and reflected on what you said speaks yeah. volumes of his love for you. And his character. And willingness to make things work. Exactly. So... I think touching base with everyone about how that went for them because it wasn't just about me. Initially, I wanted to start off the discussion about things that I was concerned about, but it's also about how other people have responded to it and reflected on it and what they want to keep sharing or the goals that we can keep addressing as a family. There might be points of discussion where you don't necessarily all agree on the same thing. Yeah. So you can leave that discussion then and there and follow up on it and address that throughout the week or throughout the month. Yes. Can you just quickly summarise those three points again? Just tell us what they are. So I guess in terms of how to talk to your family about difficult situations, I like to generally, number one, prepare. Prepare not only for the discussion and the things that I want to talk about and share, but prepare the way you're going to do it. Prepare a nice environment or a nice ambiance so that everyone feels safe and protected. And perhaps also thinking about the best date and time of day to do it when other people don't have stressful things going on. I mean, some people, their lives always seem stressful, so you've just got to work with that. But there might be a certain time of the day or time of the week where everybody's feeling a bit more relaxed and has a little bit more mental space to process what's being discussed. Yeah, definitely. So I decided to send a text at the start of the week and ask everyone when they were free. I said, is everyone free for a dinner on Friday night? 
Yeah. And everyone was really prompt to reply. So Yeah, that's great. So we agreed on a date pretty quickly. The second thing I would say is the discussion phase of the meeting. Yeah. Which is I like to go around in a circle and let everyone speak. Yeah. And when you're speaking, everyone else should be quiet and just be active listeners. Yeah. And I found that this hasn't always been easy because sometimes people don't listen to what you're saying and often you have to just be like, you're not listening. Sometimes some people in my family wouldn't be listening to what I was saying. So I often had to say, you're not listening. You're not listening. And I had to say it multiple times. As they were talking over you. As they were talking over me. You're not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening. Until they started listening. Can I offer up a tip that I heard from a motivational speaker a few years ago? Yes. She was saying that when you go into family discussions or discussions as a couple and your family is particularly prone to talking over each other, grab an object in the house such as a wooden spoon (laughs) or a hairbrush or drink bottle or something and the person holding that object at the time is the person who is talking. Whoever's not holding the object is not allowed to talk, so it's clear whose turn it is. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. I've just let people know when their time is to listen and when their time is to talk and just being respectful of that and moving around the room so that everyone has a chance to talk. Yeah, or appointing another family member as the mediator in terms of timing. And who gets to talk when. So That's it's really fair. good. Yeah. I think you've done that in your family, haven't you? My sister's really good at that. Yeah. No, yeah. she would be. <laughs> and the last part? The last part is the follow-up part. So, again, after the discussion, making it a point to reflect on what you've discussed and touch base about it with the rest of your family during that week or that month. Find out how they're feeling. Find out how they're feeling, whether it's, you know, just sending them a text message or speaking to them directly or sending an email. Um, And perhaps asking them if they need a follow-up meeting to voice their concerns and thoughts about the previous catch-up. Yeah, or if they would like to do another one to talk about things that weren't resolved. Yeah, and it's healthy to do this stuff regularly anyways even when there aren't any blatant issues staring you in the face. Yeah, I agree. And what we've done as a family is we've scheduled in dinners every month to just go out for dinner, hang out as a family and talk about things that we want to talk about or need to talk about. Yeah, that's fantastic. I am really happy for you in the way that your family has been so responsive and proactive and ready to keep meeting up every month to talk about this. Yeah, I love my family. Oh, that's beautiful. But it's been a long road yeah, to and get here. If I'm honest about my journey, I love my family too, but it's been ridiculous. Mm. And I'm sure we have listeners who some will relate more to your story and some will relate to mine where I've approached family discussions with the same diligence that you have and it just hasn't worked for me. Mm. It's because of love that I want to organise these family discussions because we need to talk about our issues. You can't just keep shoving them under the rug. And my dad would rather pretend the problem isn't there and move on with life than actually have the difficult discussions. And even when he does have the discussion, we just end up going around in circles and there's very little empathy It's very discouraging because I just get treated like I'm a problem child. 
in your family, the fact that you're organizing dinner and you're all going out to talk about these issues that you've prepared in advance and want to see resolutions with, that's received well by your family. That's not received well by my family. When we talk about this together, I look at you and I see you as an agent for change in your family, someone who's trying to bring about positive outcomes out of something that was negative. Your family sees you as the instigator for solving problems. But I feel like when I do the same thing in my family, I'm just seen as the problem child. Like we didn't have any issues and she's bringing up issues. Like I'm fabricating issues out of nowhere. That's kind of the way that I'm treated in my family when I try to do this. Neither of us is willing to budge where I'm saying we need to talk about our problems, things that we've left to fester for years and years. We need to solve them and be more empathetic. And my dad just wants to move on from them. So that's just where we're at at the moment. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that because I just acknowledge that there would be some listeners for whom it's just not working, no matter how hard you try and how much you prepare and how well you try to have these discussions and relate with your family. That must be such a difficult position to be in. Yes, it really was. And it was very emotionally taxing for me. But after a while, I've sort of processed it and just accepted the way things are. I'm not putting myself in those situations on purpose where I keep getting hurt. And it's sad, but that's just the way things are. And I suppose in a way I'm fortunate that I have my own home and my own safe place and haven that I can go to and have a really positive, wonderful time with my husband and my daughter. But I have been in the situation where I'm stuck in my parents' house before I got married and stuck in that toxic atmosphere where we just weren't talking about the multiple elephants in the room. And whenever I tried to talk about it, it backfired. And I just ended up keeping to myself and being private about my life outside of family and just dissociating and disengaging with them, which is really sad. But I felt at the time that that's what I had to do to survive emotionally. Hmm. Before I became a mother, I tried to resolve these issues with them and we had some success and sometimes our discussions weren't successful I think for any listeners that are in either of our situations where it's working like yours or it's not working like mine, I think even where it's going well and your family's coming to the table, you might still encounter roadblocks. And if you feel like the relationship is worth pursuing with your parents and family, then it's worth continuing trying again and again and again as long as there is some movement and some progress where you feel like you're just constantly hitting a wall every single time, it's probably not worth it. And maybe it's time to let it go for a while and let other people make more of an effort. That's what you've done, though. Yeah. That's exactly what you've done over the last couple of months at least. Yeah, yeah. That's where I'm at now. Reflecting on how that's been for you, it sounds like you're in a much better place for doing that. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to our listeners if they're at a crossroads? where they don't know what to do anymore? Oh, I think, well, our podcast is called Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free. And I guess our aim always is to talk about how we can become more free and more free to be our authentic selves. And so I think regardless of how your family discussions go down, it's important to look at what you need to be yourself and to be at peace and 
to feel freedom in your everyday life. And I think every person just has to do whatever they can to get to that point. For me, it was really helpful to Mm. go see a counsellor and be able to offload and talk about this stuff and gain a different perspective from her that I can't control the situation. I can't control other people. So I'm going to have to make peace with however my parents are at this point in time, but I can choose to put boundaries in place that protect my mental and emotional well-being Mm. and I can choose how much I'm going to see them and how much time I invest into that relationship. So I've just worked out what works for me. Personally, I gain a lot from my own prayer and reflection time as well. For me, it helps to do yoga and spend time with the people with whom I can really be myself and enjoy myself with. It's not about running away from problems or running away from challenges because the whole point of having these discussions with your family is to address those challenges head on. But when you feel like you've addressed it and addressed it and addressed it and you're not getting anywhere, then you just need to do some self-care and self-love. Do your best to hold out hope because things can always change. Even pray for that person and be kind to them. There's no point in being bitter or vengeful or anything like that. I still have hope for things to get better, but I'm not holding out hope that they will happen in the timing that I want and in the way that I want. That's where I had to sort of remove myself off the pedestal that I'm not playing God and I'm just being me and I've got to do me. Yeah, that's very honest advice. Mm. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for listening. And I hope a lot of people who are listening can relate to either your situation or mine or both. Yeah, yeah. And if you have anything that you would like to share with us, please visit our Facebook group. Yeah. Any questions? Any comments? Any concerns? Anything that we can help you with if you're going through a difficult time? Correct. Just head to Facebook and type in Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free where you'll find both of us. And you'll also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lee, L-W-E underscore Ruhi, R-U-H-I. And thanks for listening today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Catch you later. Bye.